What's going on guys, your boy Elroy here and welcome back to the Your Boy Elroy MMA podcast. I am your host Josh Iguina, back again. Pay-per-view this weekend, I am nothing but excited. But let's get right into the news, I don't want to wait because there's so much to talk about this week when it comes to the card coming up. Um... But first off, some some odd news that I didn't expect that I really don't know what to believe yet. I don't really know what to think of it. But uh, let's talk about Hamzat Shemaev. So we all know since late last year, Hamzat has been dealing with number one, getting COVID-19. And then number two, suffering from some severe after effects of the virus. Um, personally, I think because of lack of treatment in his country that he was staying in, the UFC has since brought him out in the last month, I believe, to Vegas, uh, to get some better treatment. And from what I understand, uh, he was, he was getting better, but the one issue, according to Dana, is that Hamzat just wouldn't stop training. So the other day he had posted on his story a picture of us. Looks like he was spitting up blood. It was it was like blood splatter in the sink. And right after that he had posted a photo. And from the translation on Instagram it read. I want to say thank you all so much for supporting me in my journey in this sport. I think I'm done. Yes, I know I didn't take the belt, but it's not the most important victory in this life. It may upset you, but my heart and body tell me everything. I want to say a big thank you to my team at All Stars Gym Sweden. I want to say a big thank you to the UFC. Alhamdulillah. So, that post has since and everything else on his Instagram has since been taken down so uh judging by the comments that Dana said after which he said he's not supposed to be training but you know the guy he's a savage he wants to fight like every effing weekend and now he can't even train so he got emotional and posted that but he ain't quitting so at first, when I saw Dana said that, I was like, oh, great. Another Khabib-like story where like, no, not yet. Don't do it. We have so much to do. But um, from Hamzat taking that down, uh, that makes me believe that maybe it was just an emotional, you know, post on his part. So I'm... As soon as I saw it, I posted that uh, it's so tough because he was so young in his career and I wanted to see him, you know, do the things that he said he'd, he'd do. Um, so I can only imagine that he'll be back, um, but I hope that he does get the proper care needed to feel better. Um, moving on from that, Monday night. This is like a half MMA story. So Monday night, I tune into Raw as most Monday nights I do. And uh, if you're not a wrestling fan, 
uh, you might not care about this. But please be patient because there is an MMA tie. And if you don't know, my first love is pro wrestling. So there has been an ongoing story with former Bellator fighter. Um, You know, it's hard to say that because he was a wrestler first. But he is former Bellator heavyweight Bobby Lashley where he's going for the title. So they promoted all week that he was having his title match on Monday. And throughout the whole show, they teased the match. Finally, you know, 10-50, Remember, they go off the air at 11. They finally get to the match. <laughs> I text my buddies, Eck and Aaron, and I said, Man, I hope they put the title on Lashley. And, you know, after a little three-minute, you know, sprint, Bobby Lashley basically squashes the guy. And uh, wins the title. So let's talk about the significance of Bobby Lashley's title reign and where he goes from here. Number one, Bobby Lashley, I believe, is the third man. Don't quote me on this. I believe Bobby Lashley is the third man in the WWE's history to win that is African-American and has won the WWE title proper, not the world title, the WWE title proper, um, as well as being the second former MMA <laughs> fighter, him and Brock, if I have that correctly, uh, WWE title exclusively. Big deal coming off of Black History Month, and Bobby Lashley has just been there you know, on and off for so long. He did win the TNA title when he did leave. Uh, He's been ECW champion. And since he's come back, has won the Intercontinental title and the U.S. title. So it's not like he hasn't been used. But now in this main event role, you know, I believe he's like 43. But at this point, you know, he's... He's got a great manager, a great stable that he's with, and I think it's the perfect time to have a title run going into WrestleMania. It is very clear that they're going to do Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. I love the idea of Bobby Lashley retaining the title at Mania, but we will see. I am looking forward to that, and since he is a former MMA fighter, uh, heavyweight from Bellator, I did want to hit on that. Congratulations to Bobby Lashley. You worked your ass off. I think that the Hurt Business, as they call the stable, was one of the MVPs, not to, you know, pun intended, MVPs of quarantine last year. Uh, They did so much work. Them, Andrade, and Angel Garza, as well as Selena Vega, in that first, you know, half of quarantine that... uh, I think Bobby Lashley deserves this. Switching back to MMA proper, as we say, uh, the UFC had some high-profile cuts this week. Yesterday, uh, Wednesday, it was announced that the UFC has cut Junior Dos Santos as well as Alistair Overeem, two legendary heavyweights for the promotion. Uh, Junior Dos Santos, a former champion, and Alistair Overeem, a 
just legend of the sport, multiple time world champion in different organizations, uh, just a fantastic athlete on a great run up to his last fight in the promotion, uh, trying to just go back, has since stated that his final run has come to an end, which I do not believe one bit because I believe we will see Uberim again in a different promotion, preferably in Japan, gassed to the gills. Um, Junior Dos Santos thanked the promotion. Uh, I knew when Dana said that they were going to make about 65 to 80 cuts that a lot of these legends, you know, were, were going to have to go away. And we see that this week with these two. These are probably the two most, you know, two biggest high-profile cuts that they have made so far. And uh, listen, it's going to keep happening, especially with a lot of these veterans having fights booked. I believe that if they lose these fights, these high-paid veterans are, you know, going to go bye-bye, for lack of a better term. And it's unfortunate, but I understand the business aspect of it, you know, the big paychecks in the, well, in the UFC, the politics are the big paychecks are put aside for the champions and, you know, non-champions and legends. It's hard to keep on payroll, especially when you're not winning. JDS uh, fell off hard and Overeem, you know, just lost that last fight. And uh, there's not too many fights in front of him that I see him having a chance at winning. So um, I wish them the best in their future endeavors, man. Those are those were great fighters, and I pray that they can find success outside of the cage. Let's get into some fight announcements. Uh, last week, we ended off with Andrea Lee versus... Antonina Shevchenko. Let's move on to men's fly, uh, men's lightweight. Jakar Close versus Jeremy Stevens, and then coming off of the announcement of Rose Namajunas versus the champion Zhang Weili, we have Yang Xiaonan versus Carla Esparza. Uh, UFC. I see what you're doing there. The hope is that Yang Xiaonan defeats Esparza. That way, if Zhang Weili defeats Rose, then you can match up the two Chinese women and they can face off in Singapore later this year. Uh, we have Brendan Allen versus Carl Roberson. <laughs> Could you imagine Carl Roberson's career if he would have defeated Marvin Vittori <laughs> last year? He talked so much and then got smacked up by Vittori. And now he's facing Brendan Allen, who is not a favorable matchup for him. Brendan Allen, not a favorable matchup for anybody. Um, man, his career would have been so different. Look at Marvin Vittori now. All you had to do was win, brother. You could have had that. Um, and then we have Shane. This is a fantastic fight. Edson Barbosa versus Shane Burgos. Then we have the immortal Matt Brown versus Diego Lima. Diego Lima getting matched up relatively quickly once again. I like to see that. Ah, oh, man. One of the 2020 MVPs, Giga Chikatse, facing off against his toughest test, in my opinion, in Cub Swanson. 
Then we have Verna Janjaroba against Kanako Murata. Uh, that'll end the fight announcements for this week. Breaking news coming off the heels of uh, the press conference that happened recently. Uh, Dana says that he's working on a number one contender fight for TJ Dillashaw. Um, in my head, Jesus Christ, it's got to be Corey Sanhagen. I love the idea of that fight. I'm looking forward to seeing what TJ looks like coming off of these two years off, um, off the gear, as they say. Uh, let's see, man. I love Corey Sanhagen, and I loved TJ when uh, when he was running rough shot across the division. But uh, I have an issue with cheaters, and uh, I hope that he has his head on straight and he's ready for a war because Corey Sanhagen has looked unstoppable since losing to Aljamain Sterling. So good on TJ for getting back and getting right into the picture once again. Another thing coming off the press conference, uh, if you live in the United States, um, you would have heard that Texas is pretty much open right now and they're looking to start running live events once again. And uh, it sounds like Dana is very, very much trying to go to Texas as soon as possible, even saying that the next pay-per-view this month could possibly be in Texas. Uh, Dallas said they want nothing to do with it, and he's working on Houston. So we will keep you posted on that as well. Let's talk about UFC Fight Night, Rosenstruck versus Surreal. Gone. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, yes. Rosenstruck versus Surreal Gone. Let's start off in the prelims. I think when I did my ESPN choices for the fights, which is the only app that I really use, I really should start using Verdict. But uh, in the ESPN app, when I did do my fight picks, I think I only didn't get one right. But everything else was right. Starting off in light heavyweight, we had Dustin Jacoby defeating Maxine Grisham. At bantamweight, we had Hani Lawrence defeating Vince Cachero. Uh, the lone finish on the card. So you could imagine what the next fights look like. <laughs> uh, Alexa Davis getting the victory over Sabina Mazo. Uh, that was the one fight that I got wrong. I thought Sabina Mazzo was going to destroy Alexis Davis, but Alexis Davis was just all over her. I think that Alexis Davis's experience played a part in it. Um, she has 30 fights now, and Sabina only has 11. Uh, I think that that played a big part in it. Alexis Davis has seen everything. Uh, Sabina Mazzo hasn't. I think that she will learn from this and come back better, but good on Alexis Davis for getting the victory at women's bantamweight. Then in the lightweight division, we had Tiago Moses defeating Alexander Hernandez. Uh, Alexander did not agree with it. Guess what, brother? I did. Uh, Tiago Moses is a beast. I hope he gets a ranked opponent in his next fight. I think both of those guys should. Alex Hernandez, you know, it was a close fight, but not close enough. Then we had Alex Caceres defeating Kevin Kroom. Man, Bruce Leroy has looked good in the last few fights. Um, 
good on him. He also deserves a ranked opponent. Then uh, back-to-back fight of the night, you know, in my opinion, Pedro Munoz versus Jimmy Rivera. Uh, Pedro Munoz gets the decision victory. He was just destroying Jimmy's legs uh, with calf kicks. That is obviously the conversation. Uh, Pedro just, I, Jimmy's probably still having trouble walking after that fight. Man, it was rough, but it was a great fight. He never quit. Good on Jimmy. He looked great in this fight as well. Uh, he, in defeat, he didn't lose anything. Then at women's flyweight, we had another great fight, a draw between Montana De La Rosa versus Myra Breno Silva. Uh, Silva won that fight, but unfortunately for grabbing the cage, she had a point deducted. So her record now states that she has a draw. In the co-main event, we had Makamed Ankalaev continuing his streak, defeating Nikita Krylov by decision. And then in the main event, Surreal Gan just showcasing his game for 25 minutes, showing that he was better than Jarzinho Rosenstruck in every aspect of the game. Uh, is it the most exciting fight? No. Was it good to see Surreal Gan for 25 minutes? Yes, I think that he needs that. I think that at eight fights now, he needs that time in the cage where he can, you know, gain experience. You know, at now that he's ranked at number four, the people in front of him have double, some triple the amount of fights that he has. So he's really going to need that time in the cage to kind of match up with these guys a little better. Uh, you know, finishing people is cool, but it, it's true that you need to see more outcomes. He needs to fight a Curtis Blades, you know, to, to deal with devastating wrestling. He needs to fight a knockout artist like... Derek Lewis to, to, you know, really be worried about hands. You know, Jarzinho, yes, he has great power, but, you know, his his striking isn't so polished. He's just really strong. And, uh, and we saw what Surreal Gain was able to do against him. You know, Jarzinho, yes, it was on him. He should have really pushed the pace to, to finish the fight. Uh, but for whatever reason, he was very, very tentative. Um, this coming off of that devastating knockout from Francis, which was a totally different, um, you know, totally different thing than this surreal gain fight, if you know what I mean. Like, it was not the same fear that he should have had. So for me, I think that he should have pushed the pace against surreal gain. But it was clear that he didn't have the cardio to do that. So good on surreal gain for getting this victory. Like I said, was it exciting? No. Did he get the job done? Yes, and congratulations to him on that. So from heavyweights headlining to this weekend, UFC 259 with the light heavyweights headlining, let's talk about it starting off in the prelims. First off, this card is jam-packed. 15 fights. Lord willing, all these fights stay together. Right now, as I'm recording, it is 10.41 p.m., on Thursday, uh, but we've seen going into Saturday, you know, as as far as someone walking into the cage, the fights have fell off. So I really pray that a lot of these fights stay together because uh, I like a big card, especially when it's stacked like this. So let's start off. First fight of the night at Bantamweight, Mario Batista versus Trevin Jones. Obviously with a card like this, 
I will say the fights and the ones that need to be broken down will be broken down um, as necessary. Then at lightweight, we have Euros Medic versus Elon Cruz. At women's strawweight, we have Livia Henata Souza versus Amanda Lemos. Then heading back to my hometown, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at welterweight, we have the undefeated Sean Brady against the killer from down under, Jake Matthews. I cannot wait for this fight. I can't believe that it's buried on the prelims, but great on them. I believe that these guys are going to put on a show, and Sean Brady, man, that dude is the real deal, and I think he's going to be able to showcase that against Jake Matthews this weekend. Uh, at light heavyweight, we have Kennedy and Chekwu against Carl's Olberg, maybe the most um, attractive male in the UFC at the moment uh, from City Kickboxing. <laughs> then ending off those early prelims, the veteran Tim Elliott against Jordan Espinoza. Moving on to the prelims on ESPN proper, we have Rodrigo Bontorin against Kai Kara France. I love Kai Kara France, man. I can't wait for this fight. Rodrigo's no joke as well, so this should be a really fun fight. Continuing the theme at flyweight, the returning Joseph Benavidez against Askar Asgarov. This is a dangerous fight for Benavidez. Um, I think that if he drops this fight to Askar Asgarov, he could be the next one on his way out. At Bantamweight, we have the surging Song Yadong against Kyler Phillips. And then headlining the prelim card on ESPN, Bantamweight, Dominic Cruz, one of the best voices in the game right now against Casey Kenny. Casey Kenny has been on a tear recently. He's a beast. Um, Dominic Cruz coming off that loss in his last fight. Uh, back on the prelims, but we saw what he did the last time he was on the prelims, so I am looking forward to this. Which Dominic Cruz are we going to get? Are we going to get the tentative guy who faced Henry Cejudo? Are we going to have the bouncing, you know, back and forth Dominic that we're used to? I'm curious to see, and I can't wait to see it. Like I said, this fight is on ESPN, leading us into the pay-per-view exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Starting off the night at light heavyweight, Tiago Majeta Santos against Alexander Rakic. <clears throat> then, at lightweight, we have Islam Mahachev against Drew Dober. Now, a lot of talk about Islam going into this fight. Obviously, the teammate of Khabib, the hand-picked, the hand-picked by Khabib successor. Um, in all honesty, me personally am not a believer in Islam Mahachev, uh, but I pray that he does prove me wrong. I want him to be great. So let's see what he could do against Drew Dober. We've seen the type of competition that Drew Dober has been able to face and what he's done to those people. So let's see if he can pass that test. Let's see. Let's see if Khabib is right. If nobody could beat this guy, as Khabib said, Khabib thinks that Islam will beat him, which is crazy. I mean, it's clearly him trying to sell his friend, but we'll see because Drew Dober is no joke at 23 and nine. 
Yes, that's a lot of losses, but also a lot of experience, a lot of high level experience, something that Islam Mahachev does not have at 18 and one. Uh, the majority of those wins coming out of Russia, just like Khabib. <laughs> Starting off the first of three title fights, uh, I call this the triple main event of the evening. Starting off at Bantamweight, we have Piotr Jan against Aljamain Sterling. Clearly a lot of heat here, um, and this is one of those fights, striking versus grappling. Peter Jan may be some of the best pure boxing in MMA, and Aljamain Sterling, just a fantastic wrestler and jiu-jitsu practitioner. Um, I'm very, very curious how Peter Jan is going to attack this fight with Aljo. We see that he has a very low stance, very compact how can Peter Jan get around that defense and thwart the takedown attempts? Because I don't care what Aljo says. He knows his key to victories is on the ground. So for him to try to stand up with Peter Jan, I think is doing a complete disservice to his skill set. So for Aljamain Sterling, I think he needs to get him down, get him down early and keep him down to try to get him tired. Um, now, here's the thing. Peter Jan, when he was facing Jose Aldo, shows signs of exhaustion early, but then came back and just like this new, you know, burst of energy later in the fight. So for me, I don't think that Jan has an issue with cardio. Now, if Aljamain is suffocating him on the ground, We'll see where his cardio really stands. I think this fight 100% has to go to the ground at one point, and then we'll see how great Peter Jan actually is or how great Aljamain Sterling is. I am looking forward to that fight. I think it is so overlooked um, just by the main event, not even the co-main event. I think that this fight is just so overlooked by the main event that uh, people were forgetting how good Peter Jan is. And remember what Aljo did in his last fight against Corey Sanhagen. Finished him quick by submission. So if Aljo could do that to Peter Jan, it's going to be crazy, crazy that night. Moving on to the co-main event. Um, I don't like to talk about greatest of all time statuses, but it's hard to not to do that with Amanda Nunes in the conversation, Amanda Nunes defending her featherweight title, 145, against what Megan Anderson said, the only true featherweight she's ever faced, Megan Anderson. Oh, wow. Guys, I am so mad that I live in North Carolina at the moment for the simple fact that I cannot sports bet out here. When I was home in Philly, I was allowed to, you know, use the park, the parks app uh, for the casino. And I was able to place a little money. And you guys remember that a few months ago, I did win like 500 bucks on a parlay. <laughs> but if I was anybody, I would put money on Megan Anderson. Why? Go watch the stare down between Megan Anderson and Amanda Nunes. And tell me that in your heart of hearts, you believe that Megan doesn't stand a chance. Do you really believe that after seeing that stare down 
Megan Anderson is like a foot and a half taller than Amanda Nunes. I think Megan Anderson has the power to finish her. Now, does she have the skill? We will see. I'm not ready to say that because Amanda Nunes is fantastic, and we've seen what she does to two fighters, two women. We've seen what she's done. It is nothing short of amazing. Now, all likelihood, she's probably going to finish Megan, but I think that there's a chance that Megan could get it done. She's tall, she's long, and she has power. I cannot wait for this fight. Again, very much overlooked by the main event, and you're about to know why. Undefeated middleweight champion, 20-0 Israel Adesanya, going up in weight to face the new champion, Jan Blahovich, at for the light heavyweight title. All right, if you followed this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I am a huge Israel Adesanya fan. Um, my co-host, when we first started this podcast, made me learn everything that I could about Israel Adesanya because he believed that Israel Adesanya was the next big thing in MMA. This coming two months after the performance against Derek Brunson, uh, which I did see. I've seen I've seen all of his UFC fights live, which is crazy. Uh, but I never thought too much about him until right after that Derek Brunson fight. And two months later, when this podcast started, we talked about how great of a talent he was and that he would be champion. And a few months later, in April, he won that middleweight title, the interim title at the time. And then he was able to unify it a few months after that. So we've been nothing but supporters of Israel Adesanya since starting this podcast. Jan Blahovich, on the other hand, when we started this podcast, Jan Blahovich was a. Whew, it's it's hard to say it, but at the time when we started, Jan Blahovich was a subpar fighter. Um, right before the first fight that we saw when we started the podcast, he was riding a four fight win streak, and then he drops a fight to Tiago Santos in Prague, which I remember vividly. This was the fight that set up Santos for his title fight. Um, I was like, I don't know about this guy. Like, there's a lot of hype on him. You know, he's he's had four wins in a row prior to that fight. Two performance of the night bonuses as well as a fight of the night with Jimmy Manawa. And then he comes in and gets smacked up in his hometown against Tiago Santos. I didn't think much of him. And then <laughs> UFC decides to match him up with Luke Rockhold. And me being the Luke Rockhold not fan that I am, I was like, I hope he knocks his head off. And by God, did he? And that's when I realized, oh, this guy is good. Um, then he goes to decision with... Jacare, 
and then he teaches Corey Anderson a lesson. I'll never forget that. It was five days before my birthday last year, and it was just... It was coming off of the fight with Johnny Walker, where Corey Anderson was so hype, talked about how there was levels to this, and then when the fight with Blahovich happened, this was the second fight um, between them, I said, yes. Yes, there was levels to it. Um, And then... The rest is history. You know, his next fight, he would fight for the vacant UFC title, light heavyweight title against Dominic, where he would just crush Dominic Reyes. He made me question Dominic Reyes, and still to this day, since Dominic Reyes hasn't had a chance to fight, uh, I still question his how good he is. But there is no doubt in my mind that Jan Blachowicz is a fantastic fighter. He is... A huge challenge for um, Israel. And not huge in size because it is very clear that Jan Blachowicz is shorter than Israel. But <clears throat> he's thick. Uh, he has power, obviously. He's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, and his hands are really heavy. But here's the issue that he's going to face against Israel Adesanya. He's very stationary. He relies on that power a lot. He doesn't... You know, it's it's one shot. It's not, you know, boom, boom, if you get my drift. If you watch an Israel Adesanya highlight, any of the highlights from his last, it's never one shot. It's always more than one, and that's why he he's able to, and he throws those shorter shots with power. So I think for Jan Blachowicz, he has to keep his guard up, and he has to pray that he uh that he lands because i think if he doesn't get to land um barring any grappling exchanges that go his way i think it's going to be a long night for him on the feet and personally me i don't pick a lot of fights and i'm not going to pick this one but i don't think this fight goes past round 3 that is just me and i cannot wait to see those three rounds because I think that somebody is bound to get finished in this fight. That is UFC 259. Oh, I am so excited. I'll never forget my last Israel Adesanya fight night as well as my last Jan Blachowicz fight night. Obviously, those two were on the same card last. Um, Nothing short of amazing, nothing short of exciting. This is going to be fantastic. Congratulations to those guys on getting this main event spot. I think they're going to make a lot of money this weekend. Uh, And I think we are in for a hell of a card. 15 fights. At least 10 of those fights are spectacular. Three of those fights being title fights, obviously a big deal. And that's this week's YBE MMA you can find me on all forms of social media, Elroy Preps in one word. You can find the show on Instagram at YBEMMA Podcast, as well as Teespring, teespring.com slash stores slash YBEMMA Podcast. If it's your birthday, happy birthday. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>